Get ready to hear the truth about America on a show that's not immune to the facts with your host, Dan Bongino. All right, welcome to the Dan Bongino Show on this Memorial Day where we remember those lost in, in sacrifice to our country. There is absolutely, certainly no greater love than to give your, your body, your soul, your every breath of oxygen you are going to take for freedom and liberty and the freedom and liberty of others. So a sincere, heartfelt thank you, and we have a special end of the mm-hmm. show today uh, for you to all of those uh, men and women who bravely gave their lives. And although I know it's not Veterans Day, but thank you to those who served today um, as well. Sadly, mm-hmm. um, that could be you, and mm-hmm. you know that, and you still serve. God bless you, and God rest the souls of those American patriots out there, including my uncle Gregory Ambrose, who was killed in March of 1968, south of Thu Duc, Vietnam, shot while defending his buddies. You're the bravest man I never met. I was born in 1974, but it changed my family forever. So um, on this Memorial Day, Producer Joe, uh, how are you today? You doing all right? I'm doing good, Dan. Glad to be here on Memorial Day. And yeah, yeah, wars will change families forever, even uh, even for the ones that come home. And uh, I think especially Uh, for the ones that that die that pay the ultimate price. They will change a family. Yeah. I was on Fox and Friends this morning at 6.45 Eastern, and the last uh, there were three stories we covered was just a remembrance and Memorial Day of those mm-hmm. brave souls. And I was talking about my uncle, and I just uh, I choked up on the air. It's only happened twice. Yeah. Once talking about my mother-in-law, uh, how great she was, and, and her, her story, her immigration story to the United States. But I couldn't get through it. I just said, you know, my grandmother died with a broken heart, and it was never sure, the buddy. same. I mean, you couldn't even talk about Greg. So, um, yeah, it's um, it's a tough day for 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 people. You know, obviously, it's not about uh, barbecues. I'm glad we could celebrate our freedom that way. But it's thanks to those brave patriots. So uh, there is a lot of news going on. Yes, sir. I've got a lot of stories to get to. Um, maybe uh, maybe four or five. And like I said, we got a special end of the show today, so don't miss it. Uh, today's show brought to you by a new sponsor, our buddies at SoFi. Welcome on board to SoFi. Did you know that millennials have three times as much student debt as their parents? Ladies and gentlemen, listen, I know about student loan debt. It cost me a whole boatload of money to do an MBA at Penn State. You know, I don't like to tout my education credentials, but we had to take a lot of loans. My graduate degree at City University of New York and my bachelor's degree at uh, Queens College all cost money. There's a lot of student debt out there. But you can get your student loans right by refinancing your loans with SoFi. It's fast. It's easy. All online. Takes only two minutes to check your rate. Who's better than you? Only two minutes. Refinancing your student loans can save you thousands. That's real money in your pocket. Can save you thousands. Go check it out. Go to SoFi.com slash Dan. SoFi is the leading student loan refinancer in the United States. They've refinanced hundreds of thousands of student loans and 98%, 98% of SoFi members would recommend SoFi to a friend. That's pretty good. It's fast. It's easy. It's all online. Check your rate in two minutes. Lock in a fixed low rate. A one simple monthly payment. Refinancing your student loan could again save you thousands. When you refinance your student loans with SoFi, you also get access to SoFi membership, exclusive benefits that help you get ahead with your money, life, and career. I can access you to complimentary career coaches to help you get your next promotion or raise. Check them out. SoFi.com slash Dan. Check your rate in two minutes on SoFi. S-O-F-I.com slash Dan. Check them out. Check your rate in just two minutes. SoFi, Lending Corp, CFL number 6054612. Go check them out. SoFi.com slash Dan. All right, folks, let's get started with the show. So uh, over the weekend, we had the... Media, a John Brennan, Jim Clapper, former Obama administration, (laughs) cabal of of, uh, lunatics uh, gathering the gathering storm to issue these bold warnings that the declassification Uh, we discussed on Friday, for those of you who missed the show, um, Donald Trump gave Attorney General Bill Barr the authority to declassify a series of, of, of documents, 302s, FISA documents, and other paperwork to get to the bottom of one thing. How did the investigation into the Trump team start? We still don't have an answer. I have called it paragraph one. What is paragraph one? Of the long document, the document trail left behind by the Spygate co-conspirators who spied on Trump, mm-hmm. what started the case? 
What does paragraph one of the book, the story, the memorandum report actually say? We still don't know. The declassification authority now given to Attorney General Bill Barr to investigate this. Has the media, the police state media, Pravda, the hacks in the Pravda media absolutely freaking out because the media is not really the media. The media are liberal activists disguised as journalists. Journalism is dead. It has been dead for a long time. Ironically, the Washington Post motto is democracy dies in the darkness while they are the darkness. (laughs) Okay. So we see this story, Joe, from the New York Times. This is just disturbing stuff. This is the New York slimes again, doing their best to cover up the biggest scandal of our generation. Uh, potential clash over secrets looms between the Justice Department and the CIA. Now, there's a snippet from this piece that should frighten all of you. Instead, yeah, instead of the New York Times (laughs) actually trying to get to the bottom of the biggest political spying scandal of our time and finding out why it started, why was the Trump campaign and later Trump presidency spied on, the New York Times isn't interested in that. The New York Times is taking leaks from, and check this out, I'll explain who this is. I can almost guarantee you that their sources here are either Brennan or a Brennan lieutenant who is now leaking this to the New York Times. It says the intelligence agency signaled on Friday they would not easily give up their secrets. Ooh. Oh, keep that up. Ooh. Okay, that's not your call. Okay. Dan Coates, the director of national intelligence, pledged to cooperate with the review, but also warned that the secrets of the intelligence community must be protected. Hey, Dan, Dan, if you want to run for president, go right ahead. But Dan Coates was appointed by Donald Trump and works for Donald Trump. Dan Coates is the current director of national intelligence. Dan O., If you want to run for the presidency, go right ahead. He's a former senator. You are not the president. You will obey orders. And if you do not, I strongly encourage the Trump team to fire him yesterday. Ah! It goes on. Yeah, that's right. I am confident the attorney general work with the IC in accordance with long established standards to protect highly sensitive classified information that if publicly released would put our national security at risk. Mr. Coates said in a statement, we have been told this over and and over over and over now. Over and over again, that if we were to declassify any of this information that Nunes and others investigating paragraph one, how the case into Trump started, Joe, we have been told that national security is at risk. Mm -hmm. And none of those threats have come to fruition because national security would not be at risk. Mm -hmm. The New York Times goes on later in the piece, astonishingly, and I'll, I'll get to this in a second with the Washington Examiner piece, to claim that there is a source close to Putin. And if we give this information up, that source may be added. Having said that, let's go to this Washington Examiner piece by Byron York. Now, just to tie up portion one of this segment, if you cannot comply and you are an intelligence community member, quit immediately or to the Trump team, fire these people tomorrow. You are the president of the United States. They work for you. Why? Byron York piece, which will be in the show notes today. Please read them. Always available at Bongino.com. You subscribe to our email list. We'll send them right to you. Byron York, as Barr Mall's declassification, a familiar tune from critics. The familiar tune, of course, is what I, Joe and I were just joking about. Yeah. These dire warnings from the intelligence community. If we expose how the case started, sources and methods, national security will Shut be at risk. Up. National security for what? Shut Apparently up. your sources suck. They are horrible. Your sources are awful. Your sources gave you information, none of which was actually true. Joe, maybe it was disinformation. Yeah, maybe. Has that occurred to anybody who can think about this rationally? From the Byron York piece. (laughs) This is just hysterical. These guys, and I mean hysterical in a tragic way. They're talking about the New York Times, by the way. Attributing its story to former officials, guaranteed it's Brennan or one of his lieutenants. The Times said the source was someone close to Putin who gave the CIA information about Putin's involvement in U.S. election interference and specifically turned over evidence to support the conclusion that Putin himself was behind the Russia hack. The source has been long nurtured by the CIA and was highly valued by Brennan when he was the director. All of that work might be at risk from Barr's work, the New York Times suggested. So again, 
Instead of the New York Times being on the side of openness and transparency and getting to the bottom of the biggest political spying scandal of our generation, the New York Times is running interference for John Brennan and his lieutenants who now have to admit that they had a source close to Putin, by the way, that was conveniently outed, Joe, by the New York Times in their own story. How about that? How about that? Now, what I find fascinating is actual media people claiming to be journalists at the New York Times have not even thought through the basics of this case. If the CIA and John Brennan has a source close to Putin, how come this investigation was started without any official intelligence? (laughs) What am I talking about? Have you been paying attention to what's going on? Not to my listeners, I'm talking to the libs. Liberals know exactly what I'm talking about. Devin Nunes, who's been investigating this, has repeatedly stated in media interviews that there was no official intelligence, meaning the intelligence they used to start the investigation of the Trump was being run through a a back-end channel, a non-official channel. Why? Because they're hiding it. That's why. So you're telling me you have a source close to Vladimir Putin. The New York Times is telling. And they they say this with no air of incredulousness or no, no, no ability to question it at all. They say this with no like, wait, what? So there's a source close to Vladimir Putin that allegedly has been feeding John Brennan himself back channel information that all turned out to be wrong. The whole FISA warrant has been debunked despite despite the fact that Carter Page took a trip to Russia, which is not illegal. All of your unofficial information from your golden fire source all turned out to be false. And yet you still want to protect the source close to Putin by outing a source close to Putin in the New York Times. If none of this makes sense, it shouldn't. It can't make sense. The New York Times, let's protect the source close to Putin. The same New York Times, let's out the source close to Putin because the CIA guys close to Brennan who told us they had a sensitive source close Mm. to Putin have now outed the source close to Putin to the New York Times. (laughs) Oh, that's ridiculous. Uh, (laughs) uh, Does this, I mean, I need a frontal lobe lobotomy to understand these people. Follow that for a second. Brennan, we've got a source close to Putin. His information's been wrong every time, but he's like Putin's right-hand dude. Is it Surkov? Is it Trubnikov? Steel sources? The two Russian disinformation specialists who are close to Putin? Is it the same guys? Because let me tell you something. God forbid those sources that are feeding back-channel information to Brennan through non-official channels to hide it That's the only reason. Is there another explanation why the director of the CIA would abandon his protocols at the CIA to act as a collector of intelligence himself in a back channel? Maybe because your intelligence is wrong. It is Russian disinformation. Remember Trubnikov and Surkov? Yeah. The two sources Christopher Steele said to Kathleen Kavalek at the State Department were his sources. These are people close to Putin, also close to friends of Steele, dear love, and also close to Halper, who they teach a class with, who was the spy. So you're telling me a Russian disinformation channel abused the CIA director willingly because Brennan didn't run it through official channels. And now that he successfully manipulated the entire American FISA court and legal system, law enforcement system, and the intelligence community, this Russian source, he's to be outed in the New York Times while simultaneously the New York Times is complaining that he's being outed. This is unbelievable. This is unbelievable. Yes. Yes. The New York Times... Always on the side of dishonesty. Why you would trust anything from these complete knucklehead liberal activist mouthpieces on the left is so bizarre. Now, it doesn't end. We had this other clown at CNN uh, tweeting out this weekend, still in their desperate New York Times, Washington Post, CNN, desperate effort to cover up paragraph one. Here's Marshall Cohen. (laughs) 
<laughs> you're watching it. If you're watching the YouTube, you'll get it. Okie dokie. <laughs> let me not let me not go there. No matter what, let me <laughs> Marshall. This is not Marshall Mathers, Eminem. Marshall, uh, this guy. Oh, really? It's not. No. This is the dumbest tweet I have ever seen. It makes me laugh. It's hysterical. No matter what Trump bar anyone says about the origins of the Russia investigation, remember this. There is no question about how the investigation began in July of 2016. Here's what the Mueller report said, and this is the same conclusion by Nunes and Schiff. Again, CNN doing its best, doing its best to cover up the fact that, as you can see by this GCHQ uh, piece here we saw, on the coverage of the GCHQ, it's unclear whether they highlighted the British role, which has been closely held in the briefing, but is a critical part of the timeline because it suggests that some of the first tip-offs in fall of 2015 came from voice intercepts, computer traffic, or human sources outside the United States as emails and other data from the DNC flowed out of the country. What am I getting at? I'm not trying to confuse you. And big hat tip to our buddy at John W. Huber, the account on Twitter, it's not an official John Huber, the AUSA account, but it is uh, whoever's behind it mm -hmm. does extraordinary work. Hat tip to him for this. That's his red lines on there. Now I'll connect the two. So again, just to go back to being it, the New York Times is not remotely curious about how this case began. Barr is getting to the bottom of it. The New York Times is issuing fake warnings about a source that gave us fake information. They out the source while simultaneously claiming they're trying to protect the source against Barr. Incredible. It then goes on to say he's a source close to Putin, as if there's no possibility at all that if this is true, Putin's laughing at us right now that you use this guy. We told him to say that, you idiots. Everybody's laughing. Even the studio audience is laughing here. The CNN guy is not remotely curious about any of this. Marshall's there. Marshall's not curious about any of the origins. It says there's no questions to be asked, despite the fact that we have that piece that in the fall of 2015, British NSA types, the GCHQ, that's their entity, it does what the NSA does here, was giving information to the United States about the Trump team. Wait, Marshall, I thought that couldn't happen. So the investigation allegedly, according to Marshall Cohen, who has no ability to get out of his CNN idiot bubble, right? Marshall Cohen, <laughs> in the idiot bubble, he's fully contained by a Kevlar-laden idiot bubble. He's like, no, 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 there's no question. The case began July 31st of 2016 with the investigation the Crossfire Hurricane case. Wow, that's insane. Because as Huber points out, then that means this, Joe. That the British were passing information about the Trump team and this alleged Russian collusion conspiracy as far back in fall of 2015 and the Obama administration magically did nothing about it. Now, there's only two possible ways to make that equalize. Now, Marshall, I know you, uh, you can tune out now. This is where the... the the part where intellectuals get involved See you, that Marshall. doesn't include you. Take it easy, man. Yeah, but thanks for tuning in. We appreciate it. Someone I'm sure is going to tell him that we spoke about him on the show. Our audience is, is big enough, even on the holidays. But you can tune out now. This is for serious people. Again, not including you. There's only two explanations there. Either the Brits were given these dire warnings about the Russians colluding with the with the Trump team and the Obama team believed those warnings and did nothing about it until, as Marshall says, the case opened a year later in the summer of 2016. Right. Explanation one. And by the way, the Obama administration didn't warn the Trump campaign at all. Why? Because they wanted the Russians to do this. Why? There was no defensive briefing. Specifically about this threat, like the briefing you gave Diane Feinstein, Democrat senator from California, when we found out her Senate office was infiltrated by a Chinese spy. Oh, you mean that kind of briefing? So scenario one, you believe the information was true. Trump was colluding with the Russians or the Russians were trying to collude with Trump in the fall of 2015. And the Obama administration magically did nothing because, as Marshall says, nothing to see here. The case didn't open until the summer of 2016. There's no question. Marshall says there's no question. Or scenario two. This is an illicit spying operation between the Brits 
and people in the United States and the intel community who are trying to circumvent our official intelligence infrastructure and our, our laws against spying on American citizens without the proper predicate. So they use the Brits to do it. They know the information is bogus and they only up the they only open the case in July of 2016 when they can finally coax the FBI that their bogus information is true. People fall for this stuff. It is phenomenal how stupid you have to be to fall for this. It really is. It's a disgrace. The media, democracy dies in the darkness. That's hysterical. Now, I'm going to get to Liz Cheney in a second. Uh, Liz Cheney has been laying the smackdown. She was on one of those horrible Sunday shows with a, a biased, uh, you know, left-wing liberal think tank anchor uh, activist who tried to pin her down on something. And Liz Cheney fired right back. I'm going to get to that in a second. But today's show also brought to you by our buddies at DoorDash. We are big users of DoorDash in the Bongino household. Listen, you got a long day at work, tough day at school. That's yes and yes. My wife and I love DoorDash. Still stuck at the office? Treat yourself to the meal you deserve. Make the connections to your favorite restaurant we, uh, using DoorDash. Uh, treat yourself to the meal you deserve on demand from your favorite restaurant. Restaurants come to you with DoorDash. How about that? How about that? You love to cook, but you're not in the mood to do the dishes tonight. Paula, does that sound familiar? My wife does the cooking. I do the dishes. A lot of times I'm like, can we just DoorDash? I don't feel like doing the dishes tonight. Watch your favorite show with your favorite people instead and get your favorite food, your favorite restaurants delivered with DoorDash. What's the one dish from your favorite restaurant that you can never re recreate at home? Come on. We know what it is. I know what mine is. What if someone brought it right to your door? Jumbo shrimp. Jumbo shrimp and scallop. That's my favorite. DoorDash can do it. It's dinner time, but your stomach is rumbling. You still don't know what you're going to eat. Sound familiar? Go to DoorDash. Download the DoorDash app. DoorDash app. Enter code Bongino and you'll receive $5 off your first order. Let dinner come to you. DoorDash connects you to all your favorite restaurants. Ordering is easy. Just download the DoorDash app. Listen. It's not only the burger place, but over 310,000 other amazing restaurants are on DoorDash, too. You make the connections with your favorite restaurants. You can order from your favorite chains, Chipotle, Wendy's, Chick-fil-A, and the Cheesecake Factory. Let dinner come to you with DoorDash. Again, right now, our listeners can get $5 off their first order when you download the DoorDash app and enter promo code Bongino. That's $5 off when you download the DoorDash app from the App Store and enter promo code Bongino. Uh, don't forget, folks, DoorDash is really great. Good for busy people like you and I. We're all pretty busy. Go, God. Download the DoorDash app. Enter promo code Bongino. $5 off. Okay. So Liz Cheney, again, is, uh, I, I, I'm sorry, but these these anchors, they all, you know. Yeah. They're, okay. they're so left-wing. We hear pathetic. you. So I had to, <laughs> yeah, I had to cut this short. Yeah. You know, I get upset even talking about them because they're so biased. They're so not even remotely yeah. curious about what happened here. So Cheney drops the smackdown on this left-wing anchor from ABC. <laughs> Why is this just great? Oh. Check this out. I think what is really crucially important to remember here is that you had um, Strzok and Page who were in charge of launching this investigation, and they were saying things like, uh, we must stop this president. We need an insurance policy against this president. That, in my view, when you have people that are in the highest echelons of the uh, law enforcement of this nation uh, saying things like that, that sounds an awful lot like a coup, and it could well be treason. And I think that we need to know more. We need to know what was Jim Comey's role in all of this. These people reported to him. Andy McCabe reported to him. What was Comey's role in that? And that is what the attorney general is going to be focused Yes. Uh-huh. Thank you, Liz Cheney. It was a coup. Mm -hmm. And it could very well be treason. And God bless you for saying it on this ABC show with this left-wing anchor who seems entirely flummoxed by the fact that, that that she just said that. I could have played the longer cup, but I just <laughs> I just wanted to hit that because there's a number of things here. And again, I was I did my regular Monday morning Fox and Friends appearance. I encourage you all to watch. And I discussed this this morning. I have a little bit more of an opportunity, obviously, given the longer show here, to discuss it in a little more detail. Let's not forget what happened. There's no need to relitigate the entire Spygate case. You've been here a long time. But very simply, there was a spying operation on the Trump team that began as far back as the fall of 2015, as we just saw from our own, uh, uh, our own media pieces, hat tip John W. Huber. Foreign intel people were spying on the Trump team. 
That information gets fed to the FBI. It's clearly Russian disinformation from a source paid by Hillary getting information, as he claims, from two Russians close to Putin. We now know, according to the New York Slimes, that Brennan's getting information from a source close to Putin, too. The information is wrong. It is obviously disinformation at this point, an effort to manipulate uh, these intel folks who got caught up in this web of deceit. What happens then? After the operation is exposed, Donald Trump wins the presidency. The cover-up begins. The cover-up does not do a good job. They try to get Trump impeached. It doesn't work. What happens then? Jim Comey, who was the FBI director who ran this investigation on the law enforcement side into Trump, Comey is fired. We uncover tweets finding out that the motivation of some of the higher-ups who ran this case, Strzok and Page, that their motivations were to, quote, stop him, the president were to get an insurance policy. Comey was their boss. He was the FBI director. Comey's canned. After Comey's canned, Comey, Comey's subordinate, Andrew McCabe, okays a probe to investigate the president for firing the FBI director who illicitly and potentially illegally investigated the president. To assist the probe, Jim Comey, in violation of FBI rules, then leaks a series of memos to his media buddies used to start a probe into Donald Trump for calling attention to an illegal investigation into him. So now investigating him for the decisions he made to make things right. Ladies and gentlemen, I posted this little piece about Comey being a witness a long time ago. This is important. This is from the special counsel's own Uh, documents. The FBI and the special counsel's office have determined that the disclosure of the Comey memos or any portions of them could be reasonably expected to adversely affect the pending Russian investigation. Former FBI director James B. Comey is a witness in the pending investigation. How is this not an attempted coup? This could very well be treason. Jim Comey is a witness In a case he started by illicitly leaking memos of his private conversations with the president to the media to get an investigation going into the president for firing Jim Comey for starting an illicit investigation. Follow what I just said. Hit the 15 second back button and listen to that again. Mm -hmm. Jim Comey's buddy, Bob Mueller, was investigating Donald Trump for a case Comey's a witness in for getting fired for starting an illicit investigation into the president of the United States who fired him. Folks, this is stunning. This is stunning. I have another screen grab about the date, roughly in May, where this, and I want to hat tip again at John W. Huber, give appropriate credit. His Twitter account or her, I don't know who it is. This is incredible. But this is from the special counsel's lawyer. The special, Mueller's team has a lawyer too. The special counsel's lawyer. This is key. Before the appointment on the special counsel of May 17th, on May 17th, the FBI had opened an investigation into obstruction of justice. Wait, ladies and gentlemen, let me get this straight. The FBI, before the appointment of the special counsel, Bob Mueller on May 17th, remember, Comey, keep these dates in mind, Joe. Comey Uh is fired on May 9th. It's not Mueller's team that initially opens up the obstruction case. It's Comey's buddy, Andy McCabe. When exactly did they open up this obstruction case? Ladies and gentlemen, FBI lore which is wrong 99% of the time with this case. It's usually a lie, sadly. FBI lore, their story, their fairy tale, is that the case opened after the Trump's interview with Lester Holt from NBC on May 11th. Keep the dates in mind. Comey's fired on May 9th, Joe. May 11th, he interviews with NBC's Lester Holt. He says he was fired, that they go into Comey, and then he says at the end, you know, in this Russia thing. He doesn't say he was fired because of the Russia probe. The FBI's fairy tale here, Joe, is, well, we, you know, after that, we opened up an obstruction probe. So May 9th, Comey's fired. The Lester Holt interviews on May 11th. So technically, 
This case should have opened according to the FBI's fairy tale on May 12th. I'm not so sure that's the case, Joe. If this case was opened on May 10th before the Holt interview, one, we can debunk another lie. It started because of the Lester Holt interview. And second, we can be assured that Comey's buddy opened up a case surely as a revenge measure. Comey's buddy McCabe after his buddy Comey had been fired. You want to talk about a a catastrophic, colossal abuse of power? So the boss you would surgically attach your lips to the rear of, Jim Comey, who promoted you despite you being a briefer your whole life, McCabe, he gets fired for all of his malfeasance, his poor handling of the Hillary probe, his awful decision-making, his peacocking in front of the networks and trying to be the guy all the time. He gets fired by Rosenstein and you respond by abusing your power to open up an investigation into a duly elected president who made the decision. Folks, God forbid this case was open May 10th. That would be another FBI fairy tale thrown and flushed right down the toilet. Yep. All right. Got a lot more to get to. I want to do a quick thanks, though, to uh, Rite Aid. Listen, you know, it's fashionable on the left, not on this show, of course, to bash corporate America. You know, corporations, as if people don't work for businesses that actually earn money and produce products we need. That's just leftist dribble, right? Yeah. But very rarely do people get to celebrate the actions of corporations that do the right thing. Corporations are made of people. Uh, That's only tough for leftists to understand. They're not space aliens. These are human beings that form boards and management staff and employees of corporations and businesses that hire people and produce products we need. Mm-hmm. I was watching Fox and Friends this morning right before I came on and Rite Aid, the drug chain, donated an astounding $6 million to Folds of Honor, which is a Dan Rooney run terrific, terrific charity, uh, Folds of Honor. Uh, they, they, they do scholarships for, for the children of the fallen and mm. soldiers. And, and I mean, it's an amazing charity, Folds of Honor. They're on Fox and Friends a lot. They do amazing work. Um, They donated $6 million, Rite Aid. Wow. Do you have any idea the lives that is going to change? So, you know, on this Memorial Day, listen, they're not a paid sponsor on my show or anything like this. This is strictly a thank you. No one at Fox asked me to say this. This is just me saying a Rite Aid. I really wish there was a Rite Aid near me. Because if there was, I would, I would, tra- I would transfer my business to you. It, stat. That is a phenomenal gesture of goodwill. And as a gesture of goodwill, my my wife and yep. I are going to donate a thousand dollars today um, to Folds of Honor as well. All right, Dan. So, Paula. The, yeah, we, right. Paula will do that later today. Um, we're going to make that donation as well. And I encourage you, if, if you know whatever your financial situation is, if you, if you can, if some, I know with everyone it's not possible. Thanks to your listenership of my show, it is for us, and we donate other money to scholarships as well. We're not patting ourselves on the back. I wish we had six million dollars to do it, um, but we do what we can, and uh, it matters to us. So, God bless you, Right Aid. That was solid, and you know America and our patriots out there appreciate that. Um, okay. Uh, now, sadly, to get back to some bad news. So, uh, you know, whenever we're covering the media on this show, I just wish we could have a, an honest story outside. I, and I'm, when I say the media, I'm, I'm typically referring to the left wing media. You right. know, Chuck Ross, Molly Hemingway, Sarah Carter, John Solomon, Byron York have all done spec. These are actual investigative journalists who have done spectacular work uncovering uh, the Spygate scandal, the biggest scandal of our time. Uh, they will be remembered by history as the good guys and the good women out there. But, of course, you have the left-wing media, which pretty much always gets it wrong, amazingly. <laughs> this one, this story is hard to believe because of the, I, I, I hate to keep, you know, I don't like to repeat the same words, but I can only think of the word temerity here to describe what happened. So you have this guy, Ian Bremmer, here's a story at the Daily Caller, who uh, shockingly appears on on uh, MSNBC and CNN. He should never, CNN and stuff, he should never be allowed on again after this. I, I, I don't think, I, I think he writes for time, but the Daily Caller is a piece about a fake quote. Here's the piece, Peter Hassan, good guy ah. at the Daily Caller, actually, actually does uh, journalism. 
Time Magazine's columnist, Time Magazine's columnist, Trump quote, went viral. Okay, what's the story? Well, part two. Then he admitted he made it up. You're a loser. <laughs> this guy, Ian Bremmer, from the piece. This is amazing. You are a loser. Dude. He totally makes up this quote. But Ian Bremmer, at Ian Bremmer, blue check mark, media liberal activist. President Trump in Tokyo. Kim Jong-un is smarter and would make a better president than sleepy Joe Biden. Wow. That's a crazy tweet. Man, unfortunately, it's made up. It never happened. And what's insane, <laughs> what's crazy, Joe, just to double down on left-wing media lunacy. This is crazy. It's absolutely nuts. Instead of the media, they do facts, Joe. Oh, yeah. They're reporters. Dreaded oh, air yeah. quotes. Journalism. Oh, yeah. Quadruple dreaded air quotes. <laughs> this is the mainstream media. Oh, yeah. Instead of going after this guy and being like, dude, Ian, listen, you. this is not what we do. You don't have to like Trump. You don't have to appreciate what he's done. You don't have to do any of it. But you can't just make stuff up. They're defending this guy. They're defending this guy while at the same time, here we go. This is it. This is the people out there. This is it. What's his name? Kasim Rashid. Sorry, Esquire. I'm sorry if I'm saying your name wrong. This is the, them actually going after this guy. Oh. It's a fake quote. Why is the GOP silent on this? Because it's made up. Because he never said it. Oh, Jeez. my gosh. Why is the GOP silent on this fake quote? Because it's not Never real? It? You think that may have something to do with it? Why are we silent? Now, Joe, uh, showing you the disparity. Yes. It, it's so easy with these media lunatics, oh, right? dude. So, again, we like to distill things down to simply explainable, digestible bullets. Yeah. yeah. What we're talking about here right now supposedly are principles, right? So, the left-wing media supposedly doesn't object to doctored quotes, right? Doctor, in this case, completely fabricated. They they don't have a problem with it. They right. they defended him. Cool. They said it captured the spirit oh, of what he said. Good. Okay, yeah. so let's try to rationally think this through. The mainstream media's new, 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 new position on journalism is making quotes up is okay as long as it captures the spirit of what Donald Trump said. Oh. And although Ian Bremmer lied and made it up, doctoring stuff doesn't matter, Joe. No. This is what they said, right? Yeah, I'm I'm, with you. Uh, Joe, I'm are you getting this? Because in order for sick. me to move yeah, on, this I'm has to make it. sense. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I know you know where I'm going because you uh, saw the rundown here. Disgusting. But this is fascinating. Yeah. Because the media seem to object strongly. Here are some more tweets yeah, that yeah. Of, 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 of left-wingers, by the way, defending this stuff, defending this made-up quote. Uh -huh. What's amazing is Nancy Pelosi stammered through a speech on Friday. Uh -huh. The speech was not doctored, but it was edited. Edited. There's a difference. Mm -hmm. Yes, Meaning it wasn't doctored at all. There were, we, we sometimes it, we we just quote according to the media stand doctored that Liz Cheney quote. Did mm -hmm. we? No, of course we didn't. Joe edited it for time. Right. Joe took out the question and the remainder because we were it was not doctored at all. That is exactly what Liz Cheney said right. in the context she said it verbatim. So a video aired that Trump retweeted of Nancy Pelosi stammering through the speech that was not doctored. It was edited. And there were snippets of it put together. And the media lost their minds. They went crazy. This is doctored. It wasn't doctored at all. Do you understand the fraud? Do you see where I'm going with this? Yes. On one hand, an edited video of Pelosi, not doctored at all, not made up, but edited for time and for effect, to be candid, that is a major no-no, but completely fabricated, forget about doctor, beyond doctor, completely fabricated quotes about Trump are no big deal because it gets the spirit of what's going on. Ladies and gentlemen, I am really, I feel bad for you. I really do. I genuinely and sincerely feel bad for you if you believe the media, the mainstream media in the United States are the real deal. They are a complete, utter joke. They are a laughing stock. Nobody believes them. They've embarrassed themselves. I will defend them till the day I take my last breath. Their right to be free. We need a free press. 
But the right to be free also includes the right to be stupid. And that is the right they have taken. They have fully embraced and they love it. The media embraces and loves the idea that they can do and say stupid things all the time. Unprincipled, nonsensical things. It's embarrassing. Embarrassing. Mm -hmm. All right. uh, A couple more stories I want to get to today. And we have a special tribute by our buddy Joe. Hmm. Uh, but I just wanted to briefly address to Preet Bharara, who was a uh, was kissing Trump's butt for a job. He was he's a uh, now a liberal activist, claims to be um, a lawyer. He was he was the, he was he is actually a lawyer, but he should turn in his law degree. Uh, he took a shot at me this weekend on Twitter. I don't like to cover yes. Twitter fights, but it's just indicative because they're boring um, and they're stupid, and you don't need to. But it just goes to show you, Preet Bharara was he, was the the U.S. attorney for the Southern District of New York. He's one of the most powerful men in America. He went up to Trump Tower during the transition and begged Trump for a job. Trump told him no, so he immediately turned on Trump and started his own show, his podcast, where he's attacked Trump. He attacked Liz Cheney this weekend. That's how I got into this little fight with him. But what's fascinating about what's kind of funny is Barrara kind of like took a shot at me. He's like, good luck with your podcast, like being snarky, Uh which was kind of funny because our podcast was ranked 11 spots higher than his. So I responded back. Actually, I don't need luck. You need the luck. Hope you'll catch up sometime (laughs) this week. So nice job. I kind of brought that up on Fox this morning, too. Nice job. Maybe you'll get it. Listen, uh, it's stupid. I get it. But just kind of funny how far these left wing activists go. All right. uh, A couple more things. But today's show finally brought to you by our buddies at Clutter. Clutter. Hey, listen, you moving to a new place? Sound familiar? Having a baby or just condoing your life? Uh, Marie condoing your life. You're probably looking to free up some space. Listen, self-storage is an option, but self-storage is anything but convenient. You got to go to the storage unit all the time. What if there was a way to store your valuables without breaking your back or your bank account? Well, now there is. Meet Clutter, the world's largest on-demand storage provider. On-demand storage provider. What an idea. When it comes to making life easier, Clutter is the undefeated champ. Their on-demand experience takes the self out of self-storage. With Clutter, you find an affordable place to stash your things, and it's never been easier. Just sit back, relax, and let Clutter take care of the rest. This is the world's largest full-service on-demand storage experience. No guesswork, no wasted time. Clutter helps you find out just how much storage you need. The best part? Clutter's price match guarantee with the arrow hand means you get the lowest possible (laughs) monthly storage rate. Let Clutter know. They'll bring it right to your door when you need your stuff. Their online photo inventory means you never forget what's in storage. Come on. Schedule delivery date online. Clutter will get it to you in 48 hours or less. Don't pay any more than you have to. Don't pay any more than you have to. Clutter has a great sign-up bonus for our listeners. $50 off your first month when you sign up at, when you sign up at Clutter. C-L-U-T-T-E-R dot com slash Bongino. Clutter.com slash Bongino. That's on top of Clutter's no hassle moving online inventory management, free pickup and delivery, and price match guarantee. See why Clutter is better and get $50 off your first month at Clutter.com slash Bongino. That's Clutter.com. Enter promo code Bongino at checkout. Don't forget, check them out. Clutter.com slash Bongino. Enter promo code Bongino at checkout. Okay. Uh, one interesting story, it's quick to summarize, but you know I like debunking liberal myths. Please save this screenshot if you wouldn't mind, folks, if you can, uh, if you're watching on the YouTube.com. If not, if you're listening at home, um, it was a Washington Post tweet. You can check it out. But here it is here. The Washington Post, Joe, 52419 at 719 in the morning. <laughs> Racial prejudice has declined as a reaction to Trump's presidency, a new oh! study suggests. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Can you put that up again? Because I, I did I Paula, did I read that wrong? <laughs> Joe, Joe, was this doctored? Paula, did you oh. doctor this or edit this? That's a no from Paula. She All did right. not doctor edit this. Racial prejudice has declined as a reaction to Trump's presidency, a new ah. study suggests. Take that screenshot, ladies and gentlemen, from the Washington Post Twitter feed. Keep it on your phone. And the next time these uh, identity politics obsessed liberals, again, open their mouths about how racial relations have deteriorated, you may want to point out that they got worse under Barack Obama and apparently are now getting better under President Trump. Just a suggestion. Facts and data should matter. I know you're liberals. That's yeah. really hard to digest. And you're so obsessed. You know, that your brains are like infected with 
prions that lead to this severe tier one level TDS, Trump derangement syndrome. I get it. But once in a while, a fact may penetrate. That one may be useful, although I doubt it. As I say, argue with your liberal friends, but not to break through to them because the chances of them being saved Mm. are remote. It's typically the third person listening you can convince. There's always three or four people listening to your debates. Those are the people who may matter in the end. Um, Finally, one last story. Be very careful about this. Uh, this deplatforming trend is continuing and it's transferring into banking, uh, transferring hmm. into banking, as we can see from this story at the New York Post here, which is making a very serious allegation that JP Morgan Chase has been debanking some conservatives out there, allegedly because of their political beliefs. And if you uh-huh. read the answer they gave, which is very wishy washy, again, I don't have a lot to add to this story. I want to get it out there, though, as a warning more than anything. We've already seen deplatforming. People like Alex Jones and others, whether you agree with them or not, taken off platforms, significant platforms out there. We've already seen this movement. Can you imagine, Joe, if this transforms itself into a full-blown de-financial platforming effort and anyone who's a conservative out there with any level of prominence can't even get a bank account? Oh, dude. Dangerous new horizons ahead, folks. Dangerous new horizons ahead. Be very cautious about this stuff. Okay, um, finally today, I uh, I try to get through this because I always get a little, uh, and I don't, you know, it's just tough for me. But yeah. we open up the show. It is Memorial Day. And uh, as I said, my uncle Greg Ambrose, we lost in Vietnam in March of 1968. I wasn't born until 74. So obviously I wasn't there to experience it. But my um, my family had a connection with a, he was a liberal guy up in New York, used to write op-eds. A lot of you know who he is if you're from New York, Jimmy Breslin. He was very famous. It was mm-hmm. actually an HBO special done on, you remember Breslin. He yeah, was man. probably the most popular columnist of his time. Him and Pete Hamill used to work for the New York newspapers and their their columns were read um, by, by millions of people. Um, Breslin was a liberal, there's no doubt about it, but Breslin was very close with people from my family. And when we lost my uncle, Breslin wrote a piece about it and um, it was a touching piece. My mother had sent it to me, and uh, I have it. And, you know, I, 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 of course, got it choked up reading it. But it talks about the moment my family found out that my mother's brother, uh, my uncle Greg, my obviously my grandmother's son, you know, the moment they found out that they lost him. St. Pancras, which is now since closed, the grammar school I went to is where we all went to school. My whole family went to school there. It's in Glendale, Queens. It's since closed. The church is open, but the school is sadly closed. But they were coming from, a uh, was it a St. Patrick's Day dance? And they were walking down the street and these two soldiers that had come to deliver the bad news, my uncle was supposed to be home, was supposed to be coming home. They had the signs, Welcome Home Greg, in a bar my family used to own called Gibby's Bar at 64th Place in Myrtle Avenue in Glendale, Queens. Now, my grandfather, my grandmother had remarried. Her first husband died. My grandfather was not Greg's father. He was his stepfather. But my grandfather was a big man. Big man. I mean big in spirit, but I mean a big man physically. He was about 6'5". About 500 pounds. He's a big man. He'd mess around. So my grandmother, they're walking back from this St. Patrick's Day uh, dance event with my my mother and my my three aunts at the time. Greg's sisters, who we lost. And my grandfather spotted these two soldiers first and he knew right away. I got to get through this. It's important because I want I want people to understand what this does to families and what it did to mine. So my grandfather stopped them and basically said to him, and I he didn't mean this disrespectfully, but said, you're not telling her anything, talking about my grandmother, about her son's death, because she'll die on the sidewalk, like right here. She'll... She won't hand. She, he said, I'm going to tell her. And given my grandfather's size, I bet they probably listened. But at some point, of course, they had to relay the official message. And they did. And Breslin's piece is 
you know, again, I don't agree with Breslin's politics when he was alive, but it's pretty, it's a pretty extraordinary telling of how they just collapsed on the sidewalk. I loved my grandmother. She's since passed. I can never get through this story. She was never the same from that moment on. She died with a fully broken heart. And I think on this Memorial Day, that it's important we recognize that however broken, damaged, angry we can be at our neighbors sometimes, that we still live in the greatest country in the history of humankind. And the reason that country is great is because brave souls, men and women, gave up everything they had, everything they were going to have, and the peace of mind of their families for generations by leaving their bodies, their blood and their limbs and everything else in combat zones so that we can sit here and watch shows like this on flat screen TVs and phones in the peace and security of knowing we live in the greatest country on earth. My grandmother was never, ever the same. She died with the most broken of broken hearts. And she died decades after we lost Greg. So in honor of the great families and men and women who have given so much, our buddy Joe, who, I don't know if you know about Joe, Joe doesn't celebrate himself. He's a pretty talented musician. Joe wanted to send this out this way, Joe. You take it away. Dan Bongino Show. You can also get Dan's podcasts on iTunes or SoundCloud and follow Dan on Twitter 24-7 at DBongino.